This podcast is a discussion of Christian devotionals and self-help books and is intended for entertainment purposes only. The ideas discussed on this podcast are adult-themed and come with a blanket trigger warning. The intent of this podcast is not to attack any person who uses or gifts the materials under discussion, nor is it intended as a critique of the author. Rather, it is the ideas and messages we feel are being expressed in the materials that are being reviewed and examined with expletives. Welcome, all you amazing humans, to Goddamn Devotionals, the podcast where we break down the harmful ideas and messages found in Christian devotionals and self-help books. Working hard to separate the bull from the ship, so you don't have to. I'm JR. And this is JP. And in this episode, we are continuing our review of The Way Home by Mary Pride. The book from 1985. The thing, the, the context manual for what's going on in the world today from the 80s view. Oh, Everything's yeah. coming out of the 80s now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, folks, just a reminder, we have a blanket trigger warning on for this book. So if there's something that you hear that you uh, don't like, just please stop listening and go take care of yourself. Absolutely, because some of this is, this is not, sometimes not the most fun material. No. Um, we're going to jump right into chapter three called The Joy of Unkinky Sex. Just sounds like a crowd pleaser right there. Oh, boy. <laughs> Remembering that we talked about marriage in the previous chapter, now we're going to go into sex and all of the problems with the cultural view of sex, I'm sure. Well, since her theme so far has been feminism is the devil and mm-hmm. it's ruining marriage... <laughs> Of course, the very next thing. That, I mean, by the time you get to the third date or the third chapter, Christians are going to want to talk about sex at some point. Oh, yeah. Now, Mary starts out by comparing Christian, well, marriage, I should say, self-help books to pornography. <laughs> As isn't, you do. Isn't this considered a self-help book in and of itself? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't count. It's Mary's written this one. <laughs> Now, Mary explains that after the publication of popular self-help books took off, that's when the divorce rate climbed to double what it was. See, that's the problem with uh, divorce in the church. So, like, 90% of the books in the church bookstore are just self-help books with a Bible verse attached. Also, correlation (laughs) always equals causation. That's right. (laughs) So, naturally, the church has also fallen prey to offering self-help help sex books to their congregants. How dare they? Oh my gosh, people start feeling their self-worth and they go, oh my gosh, I'm in a terrible relationship that I should never have gotten into and I'm no longer trapped in. I have an out. This book just showed me the way. That's a bad thing. Yes. (laughs) Now, of course, Mary reminds us that following any of this false advice will automatically lead to the destruction of a couple's sex life. After all, it's only through attending therapy sessions that we find out we have massive problems. If only we didn't attend therapy sessions, then we wouldn't have massive problems. See, this is not a big selling point that you normally get. Attend therapy and your sex life gets kinkier. That generally is not a selling point of most therapists. (laughs) I feel like it ought to be, though. (laughs) This quote here is from Mary explaining that The new evangelical perspective on sex is an unwitting denial of God's basic plan for marriage and leads directly into role obliteration. Because what is marriage without clearly defined roles? Well, and in kinky sex, there might be role-playing. That's of the devil, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, especially after she's 
told us that being encouraged to search out, quote, kinky new kicks is just not a great thing. In fact, she warns us that seeking out kinky new kicks is an attack on our marriage. I grew up in the 80s. I'm kind of scared and a little concerned as to what Mary thinks kinky new kicks translated to. <laughs> well, she puts she puts her warning this way, that marriage is being attacked by, quote, hopping into bed with a sex manual in one hand and a pen and pad of paper in the other. Whew! Hands-free sex. Respect. <laughs> uh, anybody who can basically jump into bed with a pen and a book, I mean... They're ready to really try some new stuff. Oh yeah, that sounds that sounds like that might be a kink right there. Make sure it's consensual. Yeah. You talk right. it over with your partner first. <laughs> Mary contrasts that with the book of Genesis in particular, reiterating the only truly godly purpose for having sex, which is Well, if she's talking about just the Garden of Eden in regards to Genesis, um, I'm going to say procreation because it's the whole garden metaphor, but the rest of Genesis that everyone seems to fudge and ignore when it comes to sex, it can get kind of, um, I don't know, your mom turns into a pillar of salt one day, the next day you're getting your dad drunk. Genesis can get a little kinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it can. Yes, you're right. Initially, biological reproduction is the whole holy goal. <laughs> Nice. Very Thank nice. You. Thank you very much. Good pew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand. Like, every Christian author is, I feel like, says this about marriage. The whole goal is to reproduce. And they completely ignore the fact that reproduction can happen outside of marriage and often does happen outside of marriage. So where the holy part of this comes in, if what makes marriage holy is having children, then can't you make yourself holy without the marriage part? Because <laughs> you can have kids without the marriage part. Well, I, in the past, it's been very, very common that that is the general statement that, you know, sex outside of wedlock is unholy, that it's never going to be sanctioned by God, um, that it can't be blessed. As a church, we've persecuted poor kids who were just born in this world because parents had had sex out of wedlock, or in the case of, you know, unfortunate, unconsensual relationships where a kid came out of it. We immediately blame the kid, and generally before that, we blame the mother. Yeah, there's a huge hypocrisy in that huge. whole thing. It, kids are only a blessing if they've happened within our social construct of yeah. legal marriage. The right parameters, which say, by society, says, this is ideal. But there's a lot of pastors out there who are trying to change the optics in their newest self-help books, which are trending in your nearest church bookstore, that try now and say, well, you know, marriage is, is what's the ideal, that's the goal, you shouldn't have sex out of wedlock, all that kind of stuff. And they'll try and kind of go... Yeah, if you're you're living in sin, but then you get married, that sort of fudges the rules on the back end. You've done it the right way. Now, they try and do all of this sort of twisted word thing to go, if you, if you have two people who care about each other, you have a consensual relationship, you end up having a kid out of it, 
I don't I don't understand the the, the need the to, to create these really strongly defined rules hard and fast everything up before you two of you sign a piece of paper which is a you know a never-ending covenant which is binding in the afterlife that thing right there boom that makes everything okay up to that point you could have had a perfectly healthy relationship multiple kids life is going really well but up to that point it was sin <laughs> yeah and that's keeping in mind that's modern modern christianity or you know the whole what's wrong with today's modern church that's what mary's ranting against mm -hmm. like she's going back to the whole traditional no no we're doubling down on what our society says is good and i'm backing this up with yeah. bible verses to prove that our tradition is good i like what you say reinforcing it so that it makes sure that if you are not following this essential step-by-step -step program we're letting you know very quickly you're not on the in group right Regardless of all the modern stuff, Mary uses the biblical mandate to reproduce, as she sees Genesis being, to decry the evils of birth control and sex techniques and positions that might prevent conception. She goes on like a page-long rant against the evils of gaining sexual experiences without the consequences of a child, because, as we were talking about before, children are either blessing or consequence, depending mm -hmm. on the context they're in. If there's no risk, there's no reward. <laughs> right. And in fact, she even goes so far as to explain that, quote, nowhere does the Bible say that the purpose of marital sex is climax, much less climax at the expense of fruitfulness and oneness, unquote. Oh, poor Mary. That says a lot about her, I won't go so far as to, to even speculate on her physical relationships with her partner, but I go, oh my gosh, for a woman to, to say sex for procreation is the end-all be-all of a healthy Christian marriage, but that's at the expense of, of the woman getting pleasure? Yeah, because you know oh. the man's getting pleasure. He's getting off. He's climaxing. He's ejaculating. He's fine. This is not about the man. This is about the woman. So... <laughs> That is so dangerous, and there's been so much more light shed on, especially within uh, conservative Christian relationships where there is, and I'm sorry everybody to go back to this, but in the case of something like marital rape, this makes it blessed by God if mm -hmm. it's not consensual, but it results in a child. It's that's within the not, legal bounds of marriage, therefore so, it didn't happen. It's so damn it's an dangerous. Old yeah. It's so damn dangerous because it could then, like what you're just saying, be reinforced with scripture and it can be weaponized against a person who's not in a healthy place because they're being forced into bearing children they, they have no intention of. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter what the woman wants. This is mm. all male-centric. Like, so she even makes it clear that for fruitfulness, it is absolutely necessary that the couple... Coupling be marital, heterosexual, and genital to genital, and nothing else. The language itself, sorry, just made me chuckle. Yeah, the whole point being that women must have children in order to fulfill their marital duty. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether you enjoy it, it doesn't matter whether you want to try something new, whether you want to love one another, whether you want to give pleasure to one another, that doesn't matter and it's not important and you shouldn't be doing sex that way. Mm. That's kinky. So yeah, for, for those of you wondering, she does bring in the Bible story of God killing a guy for not impregnating his brother's window widow. 
Oh, well, I mean, we're living in the Old Testament with this book so far, at least for this chapter, so why not? Yeah, but she leaves out the idea that God is killing this guy for not being willing to continue his brother's line, not because he didn't ejaculate inside his sister-in-law. But she takes it as meaning, yeah, God's killing him because he didn't ejaculate inside of his sister-in-law. Right. His pull-out game was intentional. (laughs) Right. And that's why God killed him. Not because he went, I don't feel like giving my brother an heir. This is one more time where I I honestly, I I have a real big problem with how much the church tends to fixate on how much time God wants to spend in the bedroom with with two people going, oh my gosh, if that was... That just almost it takes up so much time of what the church says that God is about, as opposed to going. We spend so little time in the bedroom in our everyday. The amount of things compared we do to, compared to the rest of our lives with eating and interacting and working and socializing and traveling, that that is such a micro part. It's an important part, uh, definitely an important part, and an enjoyable part of life and marriage and relationships and intimacy, but. It's also only a piece of the puzzle, and it's not the biggest piece. <laughs> and that's even leaving out people who are asexual. Going, yes. Those people exist, too. Where do they come into it? Well, that's, that's <laughs> they don't exist, of well, course. That's either. the thing, is that this only takes into account a very narrow worldview. And Mary's worldview, we still we run headlong into it. It's like a brick wall. You come across it all the time nowadays, even if it's a new verbiage. A lot of it's just pretty much out there saying, nope, this is the way it should be. And there's absolutely no grace in it. There's absolutely no willingness to put yourself in the shoes of someone else and say, hey, you see the world differently from uh, from me. You experience it differently. Is there any way on earth you could be having a happy, healthy, whole relationship with God and not be doing it the exact same way I am, that we're not all cookie-cutter automatons? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Long rant short. Yeah. Not just you, but also Mary going on and on and on about (laughs) the point of sex being for kids. To reiterate, it's not about fun or excitement, which is what kink is is fun or excitement. I was going to say, even just the idea of foreplay doesn't even sound like it factors into her world. <laughs> Why would it? That's that's about enjoyment. Oh, so sad. If the goal of sex is not to knock up your wife every single time you have it, and again, wife, yes. not I, yeah, anything I else, caught it. <laughs> then you are in rebellion against God, and of course thus deserving of death, because rebellion is, you know... Bring on the sandstorms and plagues. <laughs> yes. Any talk of Christian freedom in sex is perversion talk and evil. Oh, my gosh. See, and the idea of freedom... Being, being a, a, free a, to not have kids. Free to choose. Yes. Like when and how and how many. Mm-hmm. But by saying that you're averse to freedom means that you are freedom-loving and we want everyone to be able to, you know, do the, the best for themselves as long as they don't have freedom. We are going to limit your options. God lets you choose between following after him or not, except we're going to take choice number two away. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's never... You're in. <laughs> it's never, freedom is never free. Freedom is always within the boundary that we yeah. present to you. We'd rather force you to be a Christian, and then we will 
compel you to do things the way we say you should do them. Now Mary ends the chapter with a little advice to women. She reminds women that if their husband has developed a taste for black lace or X-rated movies... <laughs> I'm sorry. Because those are on par with one another. Uh, again, just like when she referred to like self-help books as pornography and you go, hey, has anybody out there seen 80s pornography? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> so the idea of like... He's developed a taste for pornography. Oh, back then it would take you an hour to download one image. <laughs> right. She's talking about allowing your husband to watch X-rated movies or putting on lingerie yourself. Oh, oh. If your husband has developed a taste for lingerie mm-hmm. on you, or off you, I'm assuming, <laughs> yeah, with the X-rated movies, it's probably because you as a woman have trained your husband to lust for the depraved. Oh my gosh. It's Again, so it's your fault. So if somebody else's interests differ from Mary's, it's obviously the woman's problem, the woman's mistake. She somehow has led her husband into... It's the Adam and yeah. Eve thing of, oh, mm-hmm. well, the woman gave me the apple. Yep. Son it's the a... woman's job to fulfill her role as a mother and start making a family because a husband and wife does not a family make... Girlfriend and boyfriend does not a family make. Boyfriend and boyfriend does not a family make. Husband and husband. Wife and wife. None of this a family makes. Kids mm. from mother and father are what a family make. Right. And of course, this is part of what true love is. True love. The kind that feminists don't understand. Because of course, we're bringing feminism back into this at the end of the chapter. because well, they've apparently, according to Mary, they've abandoned their maternal instincts. Yes, feminists <laughs> expect that, quote, marriage must be an equal exchange with each, with each party doing the same thing, unquote. And that, of course, isn't love. Love is becoming a mother. It's honestly just the last part of this chapter just reads like a huge fuck you to women who want children and don't have them or who've miscarried or people who are childless. Yeah, this is just a huge fuck you to anybody outside of my box. Because the answer is usually, well, just go and adopt if you can't have children. Do you know how hard it is to adopt kids in this country? Whether Whether you're heteronormal or you're LGBTQ, it is so expensive in this country. It's prohibitive. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many obstacles if you don't present a completely uh, a, a relationship like what Mary is actually advocating for. Right. And, and this is just sick and sad even from a heteronormative perspective because this encourages thinking for women who have lost children mm-hmm. or who can't have children. This yeah. leads to thinking along the lines of, I'm cursed, I'm being punished because yeah. I've done something wrong or God's displeased with me. I saw so many families like this in the cult. This was the idea, was there's something wrong with the woman if she can't have kids or if she's lost a child. Yeah, it's irreconcilable with the preaching from the pulpit of, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. The idea that you'd have a loving God going, no, no, I, I love you, I put myself in your shoes, I'd come down to earth and die for you, but also I would curse you and shame you so that you go through life chastising yourself, let alone, you know, having your own community turn on you. Right. Because this is how, how God do. Yeah. yeah. yeah this is how Mary's God do. <laughs> this is how Mary's God do. Ugh. So, with that horrible chapter out of the way, bleh. I'm, I'm, That's 
all I have to say on that. Says it the yeah. worst third date with Mary ever. Right. <laughs> Makes you really want to jump on board that train, don't you? Ooh, um, Especially as kinky as she's promised it's not going to be. Not going to be. That's yeah. right. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm right. hoping and praying for number four to, uh, I'm not optimistic in any way, shape, or form, but hopefully chapter four, we get into something more interesting than sex. <laughs> Chapter four is going to be, I think we're going to start into kids. Oh, yeah, okay. I think we're going to start into kids. We've moved from women in general to to children, I think. We're going to start part two in to, chapter to, to four, use some, which is about some kids. parlance from, like, the 80s. We're going to move from the cart to the horse. <laughs> or, or vice versa. <laughs> So, if y'all want to join us for the next installment of The Way Home, we join us you. in the continuing <laughs> fight against the feminists. <laughs> Tune in for the next installment. Uh, if you'd rather not, there's always more reviews. Keep in mind, hold on to hope, people. This was written in the 80s. We're now in the 2020s. Mary lost. <laughs> She's, we're still fighting some sure, of this shit. Sure, but her Mary, ideas didn't, but uh. she... Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've softened a little bit in certain circles. They're a much smaller group than they like to be. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. And let's hope they we can get them back out of dictating what the rest of us are going to be doing with our lives. Those of us who were born in the 80s, we're talking to you millennials. <sighs> let's keep on fighting this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So join us. Check out our other book reviews that we're doing. If you have comments, suggestions, or just want to reach out, our contact info is in the show notes. And remember to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, tune in next time. And uh, please take care of yourselves. We care about you. And bye. Bye.